This is Handle on the Law. Uh, Here is a case where Uber just skated by. So there's a class or was a class action lawsuit against Uber by, what, 250,000 drivers arguing they're entitled to benefits like reimbursement for gas, uh, benefits as any employee. And uh, so uh, this decision by the court took that class action suit, which had been certified by the courts, and then decertified it, said, "Uh, no, you don't have uh, a class here. Here's what's so important about this, because Uber drivers sign an arbitration agreement saying that if they have a dispute with Uber, they have to go to arbitration, can't even file a lawsuit, which happens all the time. And the uh, attorneys wanted to unravel that by saying, you know, the arbitration clause is nothing. It's not effective because we have a class action lawsuit here against Uber on behalf of the drivers. And the court said, you're right. Well, guess what? That's now been overturned. Uh, The federal appeals court said, uh, nah, Uber's right. No class action. That literally keeps the company alive. A class action could have truly hurt Uber. Well, would have uh, hurt Uber when you're talking about so many drivers. And uh, they they were saved. They won. So for those of you who uh, make a living with Uber and you work 18 hours a day and you can barely make a living and can't feed your kids, uh, you've lost again. Uh, Uber wins. Big bad Uber. Okay, let's take some phone calls. Mike. Hello, Mike. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. I had a question about subjugation. I got in a car accident, and they took me away in an ambulance. Uh, I went to the emergency room. I had an MRI done. I uh, lost work for a couple of weeks. Uh, the health insurance company from the person who hit me, they paid me a settlement. Uh, and the medical bills uh, reached about the same amount that my settlement was for. Then my health company, health insurance company, uh, sent me a letter that said that they want all the money uh, because of subjugation. No, it's uh, first of all, it's not. No, 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 no. You are mistaking subrogation with subjugation or subjugation. One is when you hire a dominatrix to beat you up. (laughs) Okay. The other one is when an insurance company or a medical provider, actually it's uh, only with an insurance company, but the medical provider under your agreement for medical care is entitled to money back if a third party pays for it. So uh, that's the problem. How badly were you banged up? Uh, not too bad, but the, you know, luckily I came out of it okay with, I just needed some physical therapy. Uh, but the cost of the MRI and the, uh, the, the ambulance ride down there, it, it, I was, at, I was out of work for two weeks. Okay. Then what you do, fine. But you settled the case, right, Thomas? Oh yeah. All done. All right. Then where are you going to go? Because the, uh, you didn't, you only settled for medical bills. No, no, no. They, they didn't. Uh, when they settled, they didn't, they didn't put any sort of... Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, that is your problem because you uh, screwed up that settlement. I'm assuming you didn't have a lawyer, right? No. Yeah, you're an idiot. And here's why. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because they effectively only gave you enough money to cover the medical bills. And your medical provider is entitled to money back when a third party pays for it. Now, you can negotiate with a medical provider... Uh, usually what a lawyer does under these circumstances is not only try to get as much money from the person who hit you, but also when there is a medical provider 
for example, a an insurance plan, you have a medical insurance plan, starts negotiating, say, hey, wait a minute. You know what? You're not entitled to all of it. Maybe you are. Let's go two-thirds. Let's go half. So everything you did was wrong, and uh, congratulations, uh, you've got no place to go. You have no case. Wonderful. Well done. Well said. All right, Thomas, it's your turn. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, my dad's really old. He's like 83 years old. Yeah, that's not particularly old. Not today anymore. (laughs) When your dad is 90, that's old. Well, yeah, he's 83 years old. He's uh, fairly wealthy, not a millionaire, but there's, you know, probably half a million, maybe $700,000 involved in money that's in stock market funds and bank accounts and things like that. So my brother and I, we decided together that when he dies, which could be as soon as this weekend, who knows, um, but when he dies, we were just going to go down to the bank and withdraw the money from the ATM machine. Uh, we've got the uh, online account passwords and stuff for his uh, mutual funds and stock market funds, and we were going to just withdraw that money, split it in half, mm-hmm. and, and call it a day. All right, so uh, are we you two— We weren't going to do any kind of probate Yeah, or, yeah, I know, I understand, kind but of... hang on, hang on. Were you, are you two the only beneficiaries? Are you two the only kids, yeah. and there's nobody else out there? No, no, okay. there's, there's nobody else. We're yeah. not talking about, and you, you know, stealing money now from I understand. another brother. All right. You know, I understand. Our, our mother's dead. Yeah, she, no, I get died. it. I get it. I get it. So now let's let's go through this. Uh, from the ATM, you can take $200 a day out, and that's uh, it's going to take you a while to go through $700,000. Uh, well, I now, meant that facetiously. Yeah. We're going to go to his bank account right. online and, and just transfer the well, money into are they are Well, let me ask you, Are those? do you have your name on the bank accounts? No. How are you going to get your name on those bank accounts when you transfer the money from his account into your accounts unless you have uh, do you have some kind of a document that the bank is going to allow you to transfer the money out no i've got his passwords oh then you know what no harm no foul thomas i mean in the in reality no you shouldn't do that but the only person that can that really could complain is are the beneficiaries and, and that's well, he it. does have some uh, creditors that he owes money on, some credit cards and things like ah, that. Ah, so um, now, okay, now what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, that, that's the reason why we're doing got it. Is now what we then, don't want them to get, get any of the money. Yeah, we're not going to tell Thomas, him he's dead. Right. You Thomas, know, of course, that, we're not going to try to cheat yeah. Social Security or anything like that. Thomas, this is just to, to take the money and right. not tell Visa card. Right, that's fraud. That's straight why? out That's what straight out fraud. What do I have to tell the third party that because I you're t- because you are taking the money and he is still a debtor because there is an estate what you are doing is taking the money from his estate and what you're doing is screwing creditors creditors get money before you do according to the law now if they find out that you have done that. If they don't find out, obviously uh, they're not going to go after it, and I don't know what the chances of them doing it. it depends on the size of uh, the amount of money that he owes. Any idea the si- the the amount of money that he owes? Oh, I'm I'm sure it's less than a hundred thousand dollars. But that's still, you know what? Let me tell you, if you owed me a hundred thousand dollars, and I got any wind of uh, you taking money out of an account that was his, I'm suing you. But how would you know, though? Well, I, you don't, but you can see. Sim- you don't have access to his bank account. No, but I'll tell you, I may not, but I'll tell you it's not hard to find today on the Internet. Not at all. And it's a cursory check. 
It's to not find a, out how much money's in somebody's bank account. No, but to find out if uh, if there is a bank account. Yeah, I mean there is a bank account. Yeah, but. I'm just telling you, it's the risk you're taking, Thomas. You're you're looking at fraud, and you may even be looking at criminal fraud. But that's the chance you take. You know, well, you commit three or four felonies a day anyway. Oh, so. then you're fine. Then it doesn't matter. Uh, but it is fraud, screwing creditors purposely. Yeah, you can't do that. At least you're not supposed to. Uh, this is handle on the law. AM 640, more stimulating talk, Bill Handel, Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. Just a quick call. I enjoy your show. I have to get through. You're busy. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, I had a driveway put in uh, last year, and I, there was a guarantee on the contract. If you didn't like it well, they delivered the wrong pavers, etc., etc. Uh, they said if I returned the papers, there'd be an extra thousand. I said, well, I'd like to just cancel and get my refund. And they said, no, they wouldn't do that. All right. How much did you spend? Karen, how much did you, uh, Karen, how much did you spend? They offered me like 700. And as an old lady and stupid, I said, okay, and I should not have done that. Well, did you accept the 700 already and did you sign off? Unfortunately, yes. All right. So what's your question? My question is, uh, this, this, that's it. I guess I can't uh, no. do anything about it. Not really. How much did you lose on this? Uh, it was 13500 for the uh, the job. And you took $700? Yes. Now, do you still have the driveway? Oh, yes, because well, they said if they dug it out, I'd be driving on dirt. And I all said, right. I really don't care. So how badly, well, they're not going to do that. So how bad is the driveway in terms of what it looks like? Because they put the wrong papers in, the wrong color, the wrong shape. Uh, what did they put in that you didn't like? Well, I, they, when the people came to, to put the papers in, they wanted to see a photograph or a design. I didn't have it, and I said, this is not what I want. So I called the office, and they said everybody was at a wedding, but I did speak to a reception girl, and she said it's $1,000. Karen, to I'm, not asking, I'm not asking you that question. Sorry. I'm asking you, what do you not like? The color, the shape? The design, what part of it don't you like? Well, the design and also the bricks are porous. They're not glazed. If anything, a leaf or something falls ah, on it, all right. stains. Uh, they're kind of like a house brick. Got paper, it. Not what I saw on yeah. the man's truck. But yeah, and when you, signed, when, you, when you signed the contract, did it specifically yes. state... What the pavers were, the glazing, did it mention a model number or some description specifically no, what they nothing. were going to put in? That's the no. problem. So, therefore, their argument is, you know what? You agreed to this. And you're going to say, no, mm-hmm. I didn't. And you have, no, and you have absolutely no, por- no, no proof that you agreed to it. Usually when you sign a contract as to pavers or anything, particularly pavers, because mm-hmm. I put pavers in my house. And I looked and I chose the pavers, and here's the model number, and here's the color. There it is on the contract. So, Karen, uh, a mistake was made the first time, and taking $700, I don't know what to tell you. What, let me ask you, in terms of glazing, how much is it going to cost you to glaze the tiles? You can put some cover on it. Well, 
was, that's, that's a good idea. I was thinking about that this morning. Yeah, just figure out, just day. figure out, yeah. Figure out what you can put in terms of on top of it because uh, you did everything wrong, unfortunately. And you're right, you know, uh, little old ladies get nailed. Hello, Kirk. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, sir. Hi. Welcome. Yes, welcome Hi. to Handle and Law. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, my question was this. Um, I went to a dentist and, um, for a, uh, to, to replace a missing tooth that I had to have pulled. And um, her solution was to do a, uh, a three-unit bridge, okay? And um, I had asked for um, you know, maybe an implant, perhaps, or um, you know, whatever. But her recommendation was this, this three-unit bridge. And um, I paid $1,500 for it. And <laughs> I owed my $400 more dollars. And um, the, the bridge, when she placed it in temporarily, though, it didn't fit, and I could see that. And so the receptionist, you know, the, the office manager would not let me see the dentist to show her that this didn't fit. And I said, I don't want to pay any more if this is not going to fit. So time went by. I saw another dentist about three, a couple months later, and um, the dentist did an X-ray and said that that tooth um, could not support that, that bridge. It was too weak, and that the tooth had to be pulled, actually. So I lost the tooth. I, I, on the other side of my mouth, I had a, a tooth that needed a um, the crown replaced because it came off, and it was savable at that point. I asked him to do that first. I ended up losing that tooth because she decided to do this bridge first that that didn't work out. So I lost two teeth, paid fifteen hundred dollars, got nothing for my money, and I was wondering if it's worth pursuing in small claims court. Well, here's the problem you're going to have in small claims court, Kirk, is establishing that that was malpractice. Because the doctor is going to testify that what he or she did was reasonable under the circumstances and as to the quality of uh, the care. Kirk, you have no experience. You're not going to be bringing any expertise. You're not a dentist, Kirk. And what's going to happen is you are going to ask questions, and you don't know what questions. For example, it didn't fit. Well, it, uh, it sometimes it doesn't fit for this reason, and that is not a problem uh, because it was temporary. I'm just throwing this out at you. And the reason the tooth was lost, it couldn't be saved, and I did everything to save it, and it still didn't work. So I'm really a hero. I'm really not at fault. That's the problem you're going to have. And you're dealing with... One thing that I do have is um, the doctor, the dentist, who looked at it subsequently and told me that that tooth could not support the, right. the weight of that. I tooth. hope that dentist. I hope that dentist is willing to show up. Well, he's dead, but I have his notes. <laughs> well, okay, but again, that's great. So you have a dead dentist, and you're going to introduce that, which a judge may or may not uh, allow, and he's and the uh, dentist is going to explain all of that away. He's simply going to take his dental experience and explain it away and saying, well, yeah, that's what he said, but let me tell you what happened, and you can't refute it. That's the problem you have. Uh, By the way, I'm not arguing the dentist didn't screw you over. I get that. Uh, But it's a question of of, of proving it. And without uh, the expertise of a dental expert who's going to say no and dead dentists who write notes, that doesn't cut it. Okay, that's my last question. Um, the fact that the receptionist at the office manager refused to let yeah, me Yeah, I know. But that's not a lawsuit. Um, that's just her being a, a, a bitch on wheels. That's all. You know, unfortunately, that's not a lawsuit. I wish it was, but uh, it is not. This is Handle on the Law. You know, she played a fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an 
This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Bill, I bought a new motor home, and uh, I have an extended service contract on it. And I filed a claim pursuant to the directions in the extended service contract, and the claim was denied based on collision damage. Yeah, of course it was. Well, They're going to deny everything. Never been in a collision. All right. So you you say that, and if they say no again, and you can say it's never been in a collision, you don't have any proof, and they keep on saying no. You know what? You sue them, and you also argue bad faith. Well, one of the one of the clauses in this extended service agreement says this agreement is not an insurance policy. It's an extended service agreement between you and the selling dealer. All obligations and liabilities for repairs covered by the extended service agreement are those of the selling dealer and not. So wait a sec. The so the well, that's so great. Both? Yeah, no, no, because the problem you have is how can the insurance policy, if you will, say the dealer is responsible without the dealer signing off and accepting responsibility? Well, I agree. No, so what you bought is you bought nothing. Well, they with this extended service. You bought nothing. Uh, they you, you, paid you, off before. Yeah, but you, that's because I guess someone decided that they're going to honor it. But think about this for a moment. I sign a deal with someone, and I say if there's a problem, you talk to Eric. And Eric, you don't have anything to do with it because hmm. the dealer has nothing to do with the extended warranty. You bought the extended warranty from a third party that says we're not responsible no matter what now do i think you have a lawsuit maybe because i would argue misrepresentation although the representation is right there they say we're not doing anything thanks for paying us the money but we're not doing jack well the money was actually and the contract was signed actually at the dealership i know but they're paying but you're paying that third party well, if that's the case, incidentally, you just added another wrinkle to it where I would sue both because if the dealer says that we're, you're, I'm selling you a warranty and it says we're responsible or then – you know what? It doesn't then matter because the dealer is agreeing that he's responsible if he sold you the warranty. He did. Well, then I'm going to argue the dealer is responsible. I'd sue them both. I'd sue them both. That's a mess. That is really a mess. Hello, Ava. Welcome. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Oh, Mr. Bill. Yes. I'm so happy to talk to you. Yes, I you have are. a mother who is 92 years old. I thought she you were not. Ava, you sound like you're 92 years old. Oh, don't tell me that. Okay. <laughs> um, well, anyway, she's 92 living alone in a condo, and uh, uh, she's very, she's taking care of herself. So of course, sometimes she doesn't know what day it is. But uh, other than that, she cooks uh, sometime and uh, burns uh, food. And then ex- uh, the neighbor across from her called the fire department one time about a month ago, called the police one time. Now he's, he's uh, uh, sent some people from the adult protective services to her. Yeah, and I'm and kind pre- of concerned. Do yeah, I but need a lawyer. No, no, I no. Have, wait a sec. 
Are you being accused of uh, any kind of elder abuse? Well, apparently, that's what he's saying. I don't care what he uh, says. He can say whatever he wants, Ava. Now let's talk about what uh, any authorities have contacted you. Nobody. Okay, then you're not. You know what? Just because he says that, it doesn't matter. Now, do you have a duty to your mom? Not really. I mean, she's allowed. What will happen if she doesn't care for herself? And Ava, you're not prepared to do it. The state comes in and she becomes a ward of the state and someone makes decisions for her. I think it's the county guardian, whoever, uh, whatever organization that does. You're not, you don't have a, a responsibility for your mother, Ava. So I should not be hiring anybody. You don't need point. anybody because they, no one's contacted you. Should I, should I let these people in? No, you don't but let anybody in. Oh, no, if they want to investigate, what, do you have a key? Yes. Well, I would let them in and say, sure, I have a key, but I don't have any duty. Yeah, let them do it. And if, they, and if you don't want to take care of her, as I said, they'll just bring someone in to do that. You don't have a responsibility. You're okay. Just because this idiot says, uh, uh, you elder abuse, or I have no idea what he's saying. It's crazy. All right, Wendy. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Um, my ex-husband uh, died at the hospital. He went in for complaining of chest pains, and next thing you know, they uh, were, had him, um, took him into surgery, and um, I guess they nicked one of his organs down there, and he bled to death. And so we, my son got the... Uh, the coroner's investigation report, and I, we don't understand it, but it says the under mode, it says accident. But then when we read through the report, it says cause of death, hypertension, heart disease. All right. Now, are you suing for malpractice? Well, that's what we were looking into. Do, looking All right. To do. And do the notes say that uh, the, does the notes say that the artery was nicked? Yes, and then and then they said they couldn't locate the where the bleeding was. Wait a minute, they couldn't. But you but you see, you have to prove that it was the bleeding that caused his death and not the hypertension. That's the argument you're going to make. And how old uh, how old was he? Uh, Sixty five. That's I think. pretty young, actually. That's pretty young. I mean, I mm-hmm. I would take it to a malpractice attorney just to see if there's anything there. But uh, because the coroner puts hypertension on there uh, mm-hmm. is probably going to help the doctor but if the medical notes say uh that we nicked the artery but we couldn't find the cause of the bleeding that one's kind of unusual think about this if you nick it don't you know where you are this is what it says it says um we presented the hospital with comp- complaint well excuse me it says he also noted to have um anemia it says surgery surgery was complicated by post-surgical bleeding the site could not be identified all right but that doesn't mean he died of the bleeding the surgery well, was pretty the sur- much in and if you read the whole report it kind of feels like he bled to death well if it says he bled to death based on malpractice then there is uh probably a malpractice case i don't think you can have an easy time uh getting an attorney but give it a uh-huh. give it a try, Wendy. We have uh, plenty of attorneys that do malpractice on the website. So go to handleonthelaw.com and you will just go down the list of attorneys and look for medical malpractice attorneys. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. Well, 
This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle Saturday morning. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right, Ray. Hi, Ray. You're up. Welcome. Yes, um, I, I got a question. Um, I've been at my company close to seven years as a part part timer. Okay, because of date of hire, there's always been a seniority. Now they got rid of uh, one full timer, so the next in line, which would be me, would be hired um, according to company. Um, I would be hired as a full timer. Okay, I got stooped. Everybody's been coming up to me. They knew I was next in line. They got the guy below me. And so I know it's a personal vendetta against me. All right, it I could be, off. and it could be a personal vendetta against you, but that's probably a too bad. Uh, here's, okay. by the way, is it automatic? that part-timers move into full-time no matter how competent or incompetent they may be? Yeah, yeah. It's always been that way at this company. Always been the next person in line. Always go, they, they go by date of hire. All right. It's always been that way. All right. Here's, the, right. Here's the problem you have is let's say you're suing them for discrimination. By the way, uh, are you some kind of an ethnic or religious minority? I'm, 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 I'm Hispanic. You're Hispanic. And the guy who yeah. was brought up uh, white? No, no, no. What? All right. So the one who blew past you, uh, is, what ethnic minority was that person? He's the same person as me. Same okay. Time. No, that's right. So uh, racial discrimination is out. So now right. you are simply arguing that they didn't follow their procedure and not bring up the next person in line. So right. let's and say let's say you uh, you sue them for discrimination, and right. my argument is if I'm the boss, you know something. We've just changed the procedure. We're not going to do the next person in line. We're going to do the next person we feel qualified. Right. And how do you argue that they feel this other guy was more qualified than you? Oh, I, I have notes on this supervisor, how he's treating me throughout the years. I have notes on it. You know what he's done against me? Not arguing that. Was- I'm not arguing that because okay. he may just not like you. As long as he is not discriminating on race, creed, religion, he ju- he's allowed to simply not like you. Right. And so uh, you don't have a case there, partner. Okay. Yeah, no there, there's okay. no, there's no case. See, a lot of people don't understand that discrimination is perfectly allowable. You can discriminate all day long. What you can't discriminate against is race, creed, religion, gender. That you can't do. If I don't promote someone because she's a woman and I promote a man and they can establish that's the reason I promoted the man, uh, then there's a case of discrimination. And if I can argue it had nothing to do with uh, it had nothing to do with gender. This person was simply more qualified. And in California, let me get let me tell you how crazy it gets in California. Even if I discriminate against someone based on race or gender. And there is another reason for me to discriminate, for example, or a legitimate reason for me to discriminate. Competency, better personality, better work habits, cleaner desk. And I also discriminate on race. I'm walking out. I'm getting away with it. The discrimination has to be solely based on the racial or religious discrimination or gender discrimination. All right, Dave, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. How are you, Bill? Yes, sir. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm calling up because I have a problem with my city, and I was wondering if I could take them to small claims court. Uh, probably not. <laughs> cities cities are tough, but uh, tell me what the situation is, and then we'll go through it for a bit. Well, I had uh, got the approval from the city to build a retaining wall in my backyard. And uh, I had the inspector come out and give me the okay to begin, and he gave me the okay. I did step one, step two, step three, got about halfway done with the wall. And then another inspector came out and said, everything is wrong. Stop everything that you're doing. All right. And, he, uh, has he told you what you so have had, to do, uh, as in what? He said that I could not complete the wall as it was drawn, as it was designed per the plan. All right. And you, and based on the plan, you got the permit. Correct. And you followed that plan exactly. That's correct. All right. So what do you, uh, you take them to small claims court, what do you think you're going to get? Well, my cost that I've incurred, okay, so he told me to stop. I hired a civil engineer. We redid the permit. I got a new permit, and I'm going to begin work on the wall. Wait, 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 wait. Why did you simply agree and hire a civil engineer and get a new permit? Why, why would you do that as opposed to simply appealing what he said? And saying, "Hey, I, I got." I attempted, I attempted to appeal it, but uh, there were safety issues with the wall that the original inspector didn't see. Okay, I'm I'm a little confused. And if there were legitimate safety issues, uh, and it went through, and that could supersede them giving you a permit, uh, that's probably my guess. Is that if they if they simply missed the original safety issues, and the first inspector missed it. I think that uh, that probably supersedes. But what do you expect uh, small claims? You want them to pay for uh, the city to pay for what? Well, now I've got a demo. I've got a demolition out half of what I was yeah. given approval to you, do. You can try, but and, here's what you have to do. Okay, maybe you have a shot at it. I don't think so, but here's what you have to do. You have to appeal all the way up, all the way up as far as you can go. You have to exhaust right. every single appeal you have then you can take it to court. And okay. you, you've got to prove to the judge. And maybe it flies. You go, Your Honor, look what happened. They permitted me. The inspector said, okay, here I am. The new inspector says, no, tear it out. I just want my money back for doing what I did before because they stopped it cold. I, that's an argument. I'd go for it. Not that right. I think well, you're going to win. It's a bigger cost. It's a, I'm in for about ten grand. That's about right. You can, But you can do that in small claims court. Okay. Small at uh, ten grand will do it. I mean, you—that's within the jurisdiction. All right. All well, right. Try that. See what happens. All right. This is handle on the law.